0: Welcome to the Equine Connection podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen.
1: and I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo.
0: Welcome back, Nicole. How are you?
1: I'm doing really well, Chris. How are you?
0: Doing great. Doing great. We're always great because, again, we're always talking about horses. So
1: this is a fun thing, yeah. <laughs> it
0: is. It is. I mean, you gotta love it. That's why we. That's why we. You know, it's our jobs, and we love it. This one is, is is a really good topic, I think, for any horse owner, and that is transitioning your horse to a new facility. Uh, almost anybody's going to go through this at some point uh, when you own horses. I guess just broad picture, what are some of the things that people need to be aware of when uh, you know, taking their horses either from an existing facility, maybe on their own uh, property, or even purchasing a horse for the first time? What is like, I, I guess, just an overhead view of it? And then we'll get into the the nuance and, and kind of get down to the weeds.
1: Yeah, this is a great question. It was a listener request. So we always love getting those. I think the question comes from the fact of they've listened to our podcast and we've talked mm-hmm. so much about horses really thrive on consistency. Mm-hmm. And there are lots of good and bad reasons you might be changing facilities. It, it might be because care or whatever is not great where you are, it might be a really positive thing. You've bought a new horse, so you're bringing them to the new boarding barn, or you have that really fun opportunity to bring your horses home and have them live in your backyard. Lots of reasons that you are going to move. Very, very few horse owners have a horse at the same facility for the entire time they own it or the entire life of that horse. So this is just a reality of horse keeping. I think Being proactive about addressing some of the challenges that come from a move is really, really smart. And that's really where this question came from the best case scenario, the horse settles right in and it's lovely from day one. Um, Horses don't always go that way as we know. And you know, the worst case scenario is that the stress of the move of that transition leads to outcomes like a horse who colics. Uh, Maybe they're not happy in their new home because you, for whatever reason, you, you didn't know the horse well, or you didn't ask the right questions before you moved in. And it's not a good fit for the way that individual horse needs to be managed. And I do want to say there are Lots of different management systems that work for lots of horses. Not every horse thrives within every environment, even though that environment might be perfectly appropriate for lots of horses. So I just want to point that out from where we are. But, you know, colic, stereotypies, just an unhappy horse are all things you absolutely want to avoid, if at all possible.
0: Yeah, you mentioned consistency, too. And that is a a big thing. and, And I guess we'll get to that, especially when it talks about diet and training and things like that. It is those sudden changes and, and I know that is a one of the big contributors to colic so that's why we want to avoid it I guess just to kind of start going down this road if I'm a horse owner or I'm purchasing a horse for the first time and I'm looking for facilities what are some general tips that you would give like just for, for the general audience and then again I guess we'll, we'll, we'll narrow this down to, to some more specifics later
1: Sure. Number one tip is the way that facility looks today and it is managed today is something you have to be 100% happy with because we've absolutely all gone on those barn tours and they have promised this upgrade and this change and, and hopefully it happens, right? But I think you have to go into moving into a new facility being okay with if nothing else changed and they didn't make that upgrade next week or next month or next year, that my horse will be happy here. And I, as a person will be happy here. I think, you know, that's maybe a little outside the scope of our podcast per se, but you also have to make sure that it's the right fit for what you're looking for in a barn facility. But very broadly, obviously the number one thing is safety for the horses. And, Safety for the horses encompasses a lot of different things. I would say, first and foremost, the facilities themselves, the stalls, the feeders, the pastures, the quality of the footing. If, you know, you have a riding horse, you're going to be riding in these arenas. Is that footing appropriate for the discipline that you do? You know, I would say... If I have a hunter and I move into a raining barn, I'm probably not going to be happy with the really deep footing in the raining barn and vice versa. So something that's appropriate to what you want to do with your horse. So, you know, those are table stakes. Is this facility set up in a manner that decreases the likelihood my horse will be injured? Because we all know horses will find a way. But Mm -hmm. if we can avoid obvious things like unsafe fencing, et cetera. Then looking at how would this particular facility meet my horse's needs in terms of their feeding practices? Um, Obviously, all horses need fresh water 24-7. So if you're visiting in the summer and you're in a part of the country that gets cold, ask them how they deal with winter water. How are they heating water? How are they making sure fresh water is available to those horses at all times? I would say the pasture with a stream in northern Minnesota is not an appropriate solution, right? And then when we think about feeding practices, what may be appropriate for the really easy keeper would not likely be appropriate for the thoroughbred coming straight off the track. So just being realistic about our horse's needs and making sure we find a program that is used to feeding the type of horse that we have and has a system set up that's going to be appropriate for our horse's feeding needs That's even before we talk about easing that transition. But those are the kind of things we want to think about when we're choosing a new facility. And of course, the people who, the trainer, the manager, all of those things need to be a good fit, both in terms of their expertise and caring for your horse. And then of course, finding somewhere that meets your goals as an owner, as a rider, et cetera.
0: One of the things too, when you mentioned safety, uh, I don't know why I did, when I was down in Texas, I remember there was a bad barn fire. Uh, right when my first year of my PhD, you know, right across the street from the university, very, very horrible, tragic. But one of the things that I remember about it was the hay was stored next to stalls. Uh, I remember I had students in there, and they're like, "Oh, it was it, the there was dry stuff everywhere, dust everywhere, old hay everywhere." It was just, uh, uh, and then like the wiring was was just all wonky. So it was just a, a tragedy waiting to happen. Would you advise any facility to store their hay away in a a separate shed now? Is that pretty standard practice?
1: I would say if at all possible, that is amazing. And I, too, actually have experienced the barn fire, and it's Mm. a very, very scary thing. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, in our case, we were able to get all the horses out. Unfortunately, I would say it's not always possible for the hay to be stored in a separate facility. Mm -hmm. And I will say at home, mine is in the same facility, a good Mm -hmm. bulk of my hay. But uh, some of the other things that you brought up, cleanliness, cobwebbing—you know, obviously you can't see what's in the walls, but if there's like real sketchy wiring and evidence of rat droppings, that's a good hint that like things are probably higher risk than you are going to want. And and I also want to say, I, I go on lots of barns, and there I have been in the perfectly squeaky clean, polished. Chandelier barn, and I've been in barns that don't look like that. But one thing that can hold true across any price point is a barn that is well kept, cobwebbed, clean. All of that attention to the facility on the outside, you know, just the appearance of it, not meaning that like we have to be like polishing the brass, I mean, just general basic cleanliness goes a long way towards. Knowing that people are going to notice when there's those other problems, like you talk about, like wiring that doesn't look funny, things like that.
0: Oh, no, good tip. One of the things is transition we we talk about because, again, that stress, colic, those things we're trying to avoid. So feed, I imagine either moving across the country or just moving across the county line, What what would you advise when you're moving facilities? about feed, you know, I guess, uh, pasture, hay and then also concentrate.
1: Yeah. I've made both of those moves mm-hmm. at different mm-hmm. times and the goal to the best of your ability is to maintain as much consistency as possible. So, you know, let's say you're buying a new horse and it's coming from somewhere else, so finding out what they're fed at their previous barn and can I buy a half bag of, you know, if you're like, that's not what I want to feed this horse and that's mm-hmm. fine. Right. To your horse now. You can change it, but don't change it on day one. Like, hey, can I buy a bag of what you're feeding? Can you throw it on the truck on its way down here? Is it something I can pick up locally? Because our goal is to maintain as much consistency as possible, recognizing that there's a ton of change happening just with the move. So when we think about um, forage, basis of our diet, if the horse was eating a grass hay at its previous home, can we Can we buy a couple bales of it to transition it over a week? That'd be lovely. If we can't do that, what hay available to me is as similar to what they were eating previously. If they came from a home with zero pasture, they were only turned out on a dry lot. Well, day one, I'm not going to want to go ahead and throw them out on my lush grassy fields. I'm going to want to slowly adapt them onto grass, those type of things. Similar with concentrate, um, I'd love to at least give them a week in their new home without changing their concentrate. If, you know, we've certainly experienced this, I get the emails like, hey, I'm importing this horse from Europe. Here's the thing it was eating in Europe. I I can't buy this. Mm -hmm, You know, what is the closest option? You know, that's the next step, right? If it's a feed that's not available in your area. Um, Granted, with things like Chewy and Amazon, you can often grab a bag at a much higher price, but you can grab a bag of a thing to transfer the horse over. So try to find the thing that is as similar to what they were eating before and then move them over onto that. If all that's not an option, right? Like, I don't know what I was eating, all of those things, play it safe for the first couple days and just do good old hay, water, salt, block, and then introduce that concentrate. So give their system a little bit of time to kind of adjust to, hey, it's a new place, It is a new forage. I would maybe think about some probiotics during that transition, Mm -hmm. but like there's nothing to say. The horse will not starve to death in a couple days without a concentrate. If it lost a little weight, no big deal. We can put that on later. That's much better than dealing with the weight loss after a big colic episode, for example.
0: No. Yeah. And, and, uh what you're talking about, you said probiotics. So is something like a, like a constant comfort. I know uh, that Tribute has, is that something you would want to give during this transition that, that would help their digestive system?
1: Absolutely. So that pre and probiotic in the constant comfort, we also have Equifirm XL, which is just the pre and probiotic itself. The constant comfort has stomach supporting ingredients as well. It actually helps stabilize the hind gut. So we have millions of bacteria that live in mm-hmm. the hind gut of the horse. Their role is to digest fiber but when they get upset, that increases our risk of colic. So things like a good pre and probiotic would be a great way to mitigate that risk. Um, certainly, with horses, there's always risk, right? There's there's yeah. no perfect yeah. set of circumstances that will prevent it in every horse, but we absolutely can do things that will minimize the risk of these type of things happening.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's it is it's a, it is stressful for them. It, it just is new environment and and getting into the next question. But when you do move facilities, sometimes it's because you're, you're a new trainer. Um, like you said, you just bought a new horse coming in and you're going to change up their exercise routine. Uh, turnout time is going to be a little bit different. What are some things, I, I, I mean, I, consistency is, is definitely the, the theme of the day, but anything else that you would suggest during that transition?
1: Yeah, in the first week or two, you're just going to try to replicate to the extent of your knowledge what you know about that horse's previous history. When in doubt, do less. So if we really don't know the horse's level of fitness or we have no idea if it's ever been on grass before, taking a week or two and kind of walking up the turnout time, understanding a little bit more about that horse. Does it need buddies? Does it not need buddies? Introducing all of that a little bit slowly is really helpful. I will say they're social creatures. So one thing to keep in mind is very rarely will a horse be okay being completely by itself. So if you're in a situation where you're trying to sort out what to do with a horse, always having some sort of buddy in eyesight is really, really helpful. Very rare is the horse that wants to be in a place by itself. Um, In fact, a friend was telling me at her barn, they'd imported a horse and it kept jumping out of paddocks. So like lovely, the thing's very (laughs) scopey. But they very quickly found if they gave it a friend, it stayed in the paddock. So like in some cases, your barn might be only single turnout and there are reasons for that. Mm -hmm. But recognizing that, you know, we might have to be a little bit flexible and keeping the individual in mind, I think is really important, especially as they settle into their new environment. You know, horses don't have the cognitive ability to understand all of the things that are happening to them. Some of them are old souls and it goes great. Some of them, it takes a while to settle in and just, you know, creating as much consistency uh creating kindness around that mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. it goes a really long way to decreasing their stress levels which again goes back to the ultimate point decreasing the likelihood they develop ulcers, they colic, etc.
0: Would you i suggest they walk pastures and just kind of look at the grass and weeds and things like that like is that something you would do like if you were taking your horses cuz you're a nutritionist if you were moving you know, to the East coast of the U S and new facility and, and you were going to have turnout time or pastures, how, uh, how much scrutiny would you be giving that facility? I could just say, here comes Dr. Rambo.
1: Listen, I am high. I am high maintenance. I'm They're, your
0: babies. They're um, your babies. I mean,
1: yeah. All of that is stuff that you have to do ahead of time. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Because once you're there, like, again, going back to the reality is, what I view, I have to expect that to be where my horse will live, how they will be managed. So if, if I show up somewhere and I'm like, this trainer's amazing. I want to ride with them. And then I get there and I look around and I go, wow, those pastures are completely weedy and eaten down. I don't see any hay out there. I know my horses are not going to be okay in that environment. Not just because I'm high maintenance, because they are just as high maintenance as I am, (laughs) except old, except old thumps, old thumps is fine anywhere. Um, So, so that's all stuff that, yeah, absolutely very Mm -hmm. important to not be blinded by the shiny stuff, but Mm -hmm. to go ahead and do those things like ask, I have a gelding, do you have mixed herds? Can I see the gelding pastures? Like if I board with you, you know, what pasture options would be available to my horse and go check that out then because the worst possible thing that can happen and it will, right? Like you'll try to find the best fit and for some reason it won't. But to have to move that horse repeatedly within a short period of time, mm-hmm. that's tough. Um, it's its one thing if they are used to showing and going on the road and things like that, but particularly the horse that hasn't been exposed to that type of lifestyle. And I will also say there is something to the show environment versus a new home environment that some horses tend to respond differently to. Yeah. Um yeah. So just keeping in mind that if we can check as many of those boxes ahead of time and being pretty critical, and I don't mean critical in a bad way because it could be a lovely facility that's just not the right fit for you, Mm -hmm. but deciding that on your tour versus once your horse has been there two weeks is an entirely different experience for the
0: horse. Yeah, 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 yep, yep, yep. Well, one uh, question I had for you. And that is when a lot, a lot of times, when you, you know, especially when you're going into training and stuff, horses are stalled. How would you scrutinize a stall for one of your horses? What are some of the things in your mind you would go in and look at and say, okay, you know, I want to make sure the stall space is adequate for them, but also it, it's a good transition for them and they get used to being in that stall.
1: Sure. So, you know, one size, absolutely. Is this an appropriate size for my horse? Um, What does the ventilation look like? So is there enough airflow? Like it can be really nice to have a warm barn in the winter, but if you walk in that warm barn and you're hit in the face with the smell of ammonia, the ventilation probably isn't great. Um, Of course, safety. Are they latches that my horse cannot unlatch? Um, Are there things in the stall itself that a horse could get caught on somehow. Are the boards even? Are they broken? All of those things I would absolutely looking at. I would also want to keep in mind, like, does my horse have any underlying health considerations? So the type of bedding for most horses, not a big deal. They can go from different types of shavings, which is what we most commonly see in the U.S. You still do see some horses bedded on straw. Sometimes you see horses on pellets. But if I have a horse who has a history of having respiratory issues, like I'd really want to scrutinize a lot more closely What is the quality of the bedding? Is it dusty or not? Because it might be appropriate for most horses, but not appropriate for mine. You know, one other thing that I would pay attention to is how the stalls are constructed. Some horses really like to have a lot of visual Mm -hmm. access to the horses around them. You might have a horse who's like a grumpy jerk at feed time and absolutely should not be eye to eye with its neighbor. Like hopefully knowing those things ahead of time, if you already own the horse is really helpful. Um, And so those are the little nuances that I think are hard, especially when you're buying a new horse to find exactly the right fit or knowing it's a facility that's like, yeah, you know, the grumpy ones go in this aisle because there's full partitions versus half partitions in that Mm -hmm, aisle. mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's it is so tricky, so incredibly tricky to find exactly the right setup for all the things. But, yeah, safety is the number one thing. And then knowing the needs of your horse, um, what's under their feet. Yeah. Like, are there enough shavings in there? Are there mats? If there are mats, are the mats all lumpy? Like, you're going to be annoyed by that. So, like, let's let's pay attention to the things that are for sure going to annoy you on the tour. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. No, it's, yeah, it's all good tips. And it's It's monitor the horse's behavior, too. You know, know your horse and only you know your animals. So, any, any final tips? I mean, great topic. It just it's running out of time. Uh, I mean, we can talk about this all day. But any anything else uh, that you're like, okay, make sure we talk about this?
1: Yeah, no, I say the biggest thing is, you know, understand what you're looking for in a new facility and the reasons why you're moving and definitely don't make concessions on things, you know, you won't be happy with later. So you can minimize the number of times your horse has to move and recognize like you're the advocate for your horse. So you need to make sure that it's a good fit for both of you. Um, And then anything you can do to ease that transition. And you might not be able to do my whole list, which is Buy the same hay, buy the same grain, add the pre and probiotic. But like any steps you can take are all risk mitigating steps. And that's ultimately always my goal. How can I make this process as smooth as possible? Recognizing that in real life, it's almost never perfect. And that's okay. We all know we're just doing the best that we can for our horses.
0: Before you run quick announcement, Uh, if you don't mind, there's going to be a link on the show notes for a quick survey. You can be one of two people that are going to win $150 uh, Visa gift cards uh, from tribute if you can go into that survey real quick we're just getting some audience demographics it uh, won't take very long again that's in the show notes uh, just just click on that link and you'll be entered to win and we're going to run that for the next couple weeks also just want to thank everybody for the five star reviews on spotify itunes if you haven't done that yet if you don't mind just taking a A minute going in there click five stars maybe write some nice comments we really appreciate it helps distribute this podcast get this information out to as many horse owners around the world i mean we're we're seeing downloads everywhere and we just want to give a big wave from the u.s to everybody else around the world listening thank you for listening and thank you for caring about your horses and thank you dr rambo good all great advice today
1: thank you as well dr (laughs) mortensen
0: take care